Welcome to the Entrepastors Podcast. This show helps pastors think, act, and thrive as prosperous entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Les Hughes and John Sanders. Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Entree Pastors Podcast. My name is John Sanders. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. My other co-host, Les Hughes, is not with me here today, so I'm going to hold down the fort here for just a second. You will hear Les's voice on the interview that uh, we're going to share in just a moment. But hey, for those of you that are new to the show, maybe checking us out for the first time, first of all, let me just say thank you and welcome. We're glad to have you. And uh, I'll tell you real quick what this show is about. This is a show where we encourage pastors to do better financially, to achieve financial freedom through entrepreneurial business, showing up in the world, using your skills, your passions, your talents beyond the four walls of the church to bless people out in the marketplace, not just your church family, and to do really well financially. To be blunt, if can I be blunt for just a moment? Do I have your permission? Thank you. To be blunt, I personally am sick and tired. I'm over, I'm done with the the narrative of the starving pastor, this idea that because I was obedient to the Lord and serving him in pastoral ministry, that synonymously that also means that I'm going to struggle financially for the rest of my life, or at least as long as I'm leading a church. I'm I'm going to you know live paycheck to paycheck. We're not going to quite have enough to live at the means that most of the people we're serving live at. And um, you know we're just going to do without most of the time. Guys, I don't think it has to be that way. And as a matter of fact, I know it doesn't have to be that way because we have many pastors in our community that are doing well, not just in church, that's great, but they're also doing well in marketplace ministry as entrepreneurs. And man, I think one of the reasons that we don't know that that model exists out there is because we've just been flying under the radar with this stuff. We haven't been shouting it from the rooftops and we've not been telling the stories and making it okay to talk about this and celebrate this. So at Entree Pastors, that's what we do. We share stories of successful Entree Pastors, and we have created some community where there is safety to come together, to support one another, to celebrate what's happening on our entrepreneurial journeys. And anyway, if any of that is of interest to you, that's what this show is about. We're grateful to have you joining us. I want to tell you a little bit about the title of our show today and then introduce you to the guest. I'm titling episode number 27, The Loneliness of the Entree Pastor Journey. And that may sound a little bit negative, and as pastors, I would contend we already know what loneliness is about. We struggle with it a little bit, right? Like leadership can be a lonely thing. Certainly leading a church can often feel like we're isolated and alone. But then I will tell you what will ratchet that up a few more notches is, pastor, if you decide to walk an entrepreneurial path, if you decide to take the entree pastor journey, there's a very high likelihood that you're going to feel alone because you're not going to look around your town very likely, whether you're in a small town or a big city, you're going to be hard pressed to find other pastors close to you that are doing the same thing, that are on the same journey. You're certainly going to struggle to find a lot of people in your church that will get it. They just won't understand. In many cases, they won't necessarily be excited about it or celebrate it. So there can be a a sense of loneliness. 
And our guest today that you're about to meet, her name is Teresa McCloy. She spent many years in ministry, in pastoral ministry, and she's going to unpack her story. Guys, she gets it. And um, she has walked this path. And one the reason I titled this episode what I did is because you're going to hear in the, the show, she's going to talk about that loneliness that you're going to feel when you make that shift. She has walked that. And as soon as she said it, you're going to hear me talk about how, man, there was a point in there where I almost like teared up a little bit just because of how close some things hit to home as I was hearing her share her story. And so again, as you hear this, hopefully you understand, man, this is a community that gets it. This is a community that will support me on that journey. And uh, hopefully you'll be encouraged and inspired by the story that Teresa shares. And I guess I'll just say this uh, one, one more quick thing. That is why, by the way, we offer a membership community every month. That is why we have a mastermind uh, that you can be a part of if if you go through the application process and, and are approved. Like we want to provide that level of support for pastors to know that you don't have to be alone. It, it's a real roadblock. It's a real struggle for us on this journey, but we have a solution to it, and that's one another. We can come together as a community and support each other on this journey. So hopefully that rings loud and true to you as you listen to this story. So without any further ado, let me cut to this interview that we did recently with Teresa McCloy. Check this out. Well, Teresa, welcome to the Entree Pastors podcast. We're so glad to have you on the show, my friend. Oh, it is so great to be here. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yes. We're going to have fun here together. So you are exactly in the kind of the profile of the community that we serve because you understand entrepreneurial business stuff and you understand ministry. You you come from that world as well, pastoral ministry to be specific. So why don't we start with just a general introduction? Tell us a little bit about yourself and you know how you got into ministry and where you are in the world. Then we'll start exploring the business side of things. Absolutely. So my background started uh, entrepreneurial. I ran several different businesses before I went into ministry um, and then started, you know, that volunteer position that many, many uh, pastors end up like, oh, I'm just involved and I'm, you know, doing all those things. Ended up into a part-time position in creative arts and then into a full-time position and worked at a couple of different churches in that capacity, worship ministry, leading the teams, doing all the um, this sounds maybe a little bit crass, but I often said I used my entrepreneurial skills in the ministry kind of in a marketing sense. I did all of our publications. I did all of our screens, you know, uh, did all the worship and production of mm-hmm. what it takes many times at a, as a church to do the seven day turnaround that many of uh, your listeners mm-hmm. live in that every seven days I need to turn it around. And I, I did that during a time where, um, that production piece was being compared to, you know, television or to, you know, that high level quality that we have to come at. And that was really hard. And Mm -hmm. it led to a lot of my story. You know, I spent almost 10 years there in that, just grinding it out every seven days uh, and turning it around. And I know a lot of your listeners come from that and it took its toll on me, especially in a life story that we were living out at that time. And so stepped back out of that in 2015 and um, some things that were going on in our family. I just felt a need to come back home and be a part of our family business where we live on a small farm in uh, 
Southern Illinois near St. Louis, Missouri. And so knew that I needed to come back home and then ended up creating the business that I have now, which uh, so much ties to my story of that workaholic nature that I had developed early on in my life, but really carried heavily as pastor, um, really carried the burden uh, heavily. And so that's a lot of what I speak to is just busy entrepreneurs, busy pastors, people that are, I say, living with their hair on fire and how could I do this differently? And so kind of created a process around that. And God's been really faithful and good to kind of pull that together and put that together. And uh, we just love serving the people that we do. That's awesome. So that's a good overview. I want to just back up and, and go a little deeper into a few of those things. So what I'm hearing sure. you say is you you took a path in terms of church ministry where you made the mistake of volunteering and becoming a great volunteer that then turns into, <laughs> hey, we actually have a position for you. And now yes, you're in a staff role, right? So you're serving yeah. as a staff. And I heard you say it was in the realm of like, production. So I'm hearing, so fill, fill in the gaps if I'm missing this, but I'm hearing that you were working in a church setting where they are putting out, you know, kind of a high level production. Maybe it's an online streaming thing, but certainly in-house there's, you know, there's a level of video and yeah. graphics and all of that. Yeah, like that I was, was your the, thing? Yes. I, we called it creative arts pastor. And so I led worship every Sunday. <laughs> I did every worship service. I did all the screens all the technology piece. I have a huge love of technology and I brought that into the role. Uh, We, at that point, weren't doing online streaming very often, you know, once in a while, but all of our communication, I was over anything that we produced and put out there. Um, We weren't a hugely, you know, 300, 350 um, size in church, the last place I worked, but, but yet, you know, as many of your listeners know, there's something all the time. So we ran a huge program in the church called Upward Basketball. Some of your listeners might be familiar, where we had a thousand to 1200 people in and out of our building on a Saturday, uh, over 550 kids in that program. So all of that, it wasn't just the five days a week, right? It's the Saturday all day Mm -hmm. from eight in the morning to eight at night. Um, And we created that for ourselves. Uh, And I'm not proud of how much we were trying to do uh, at that time, it was too much yeah. for who we were and what we had going. And it took its toll on all of us uh, as a staff. Like, you know, I look back now and you're in the moment, you don't realize where you're at. Um, you know, you kind of have to climb up on the balcony sometimes. That's a lot of what I do now is how do you get up there and look down and go, wow, I need to say no to that and yes to this and all that kind of thing. So that's where I was. And that's where I ended up because all of that production and communication revolved out of the role that I played. Yeah. Well, you're you're hitting so many pastors in our audience right where they live. You know, our message is for pastors that we want you to thrive financially and we understand often that's not going to come through simply being solely employed through the church. We we would love for you to develop some kind of business of your own out in the marketplace. We see great Absolutely. value in that. And so we one of the common things we hear from pastors is, "Man, I'm already you know, as you said, my hair is already on fire here in ministry, just yeah, trying right. to keep up with church life. And now you're wanting me to add another component to my life. So let's go a little deeper into that. Like, and maybe you can walk us through the transition, you know, where you got to that mm-hmm. place of, I don't know if you would use the word burnout in ministry or how you would describe your story, but how, how did you go from that into, I'm, I'm stepping back from this huh. ministry role, this pastoral ministry role, and I'm going to you know, go into more of a business of my own. Walk us through that story. 
Well, because I had that entrepreneurial background, and I think there are a lot of pastors out there uh, that maybe this hasn't been the only thing they've ever done. And so I had that. I had owned a retail clothing store. I had ran a piano studio out of my home. Almost everything I had done when my children were little was so that I could work and still be a mom and be at home and and figure that out. I taught it at parochial school, taught music and different things because that's my background. And so I knew that entrepreneurial space and I knew my personality was once um, I decided I needed to make the shift and mine was a definite shift, but there were some things I purposely did before I did the shift Um, as God often does. you know, in getting my attention, we were also walking a really difficult uh, story uh, with our son who was struggling with drug addiction. Mm. And so those parallel stories of my own addictive behavior to work and my son's addictive behavior became hugely parallel stories. And I knew that I had to let something go to be present to my family and to their needs. And unfortunately, I knew it needed to be the ministry I was serving in. I didn't know if God would call me back in, Mm. but I knew at that point I needed to let it go. So I started preparing myself. I didn't just say, hey, I quit. Um, I actually knew I had skills. So I think that's important is for a, a pastor to look at what are the skills I know? What do I know what to do? What comes natural to me? Um, I'm probably a natural leader. So for me, technology was a huge thing. That was a natural thing for me. Um, And I knew how to communicate well. I knew how to do all those things. So I actually made the choice to become a virtual assistant. Hmm. And I knew that I could use those skills. And I applied to a service that uh, um, at that time, it was called Belay, I think. Uh, It's one that's highly talked about, and it's a great service. So I said, I'm going to take my skills. And so in the last six months that I was in ministry, I started applying, developing. It's hard to get hired by them. Uh, They do a lot of screening. And I I was going through that process of what do I know how to do well? How can I take what I know and create a different business? So I knew as I transitioned out that I had something I was transitioning into and was already hired on a part-time basis. That eventually led, and I think what I'd love for your listeners to hear is you may not, whatever the side gig is that you're going to develop may not be where God has you end up, Mm -hmm. but just do the next thing, you know, do something, uh, you know, there's a million little side gigs you might start because what happened out of that VA gig, I had one of my clients on a call say to me, you know, you're not a virtual assistant, you know, you're really a coach. I'm like, hmm. And crazily enough, I had hired a coach for my son back when he was in high school uh, with his ADHD. So I knew kind of what a coach, you know, I had this weird little thing. So I pulled that from my past and said, what would it look like? And I started Googling and started looking. So that led me to this. I mean, God always has a plan. God always has a little nugget that he's going to give you, right? And I'm like, hmm, that'll open a door. That was in 2015, you know, six years later here we are. So I would say, use, look at your skill, look at what you know how to do, look at what gifts you have and what's the amount of time you have to give, you know, commit to five hours a week, or as our friend Dan Miller says, right, 10 hours a week or whatever, and find where it fits and start developing it. If not, you're on the merry-go-round, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're spinning. 
So. Yeah. Well, why don't we fast forward and talk about the here we are now? You know, tell us, describe for our audience what is the work that you're doing now because you're not a VA anymore and you're more I'm than not. you're more than a coach, I would contend. So tell us about the work that you do now. Yeah, I'd love to. So I have over the last six years developed out a uh, process. And again, through God just saying, uh, no, it's not exactly that. I started looking at coaching programs and getting into different things and getting training. I actually trained at one point with a company called 12 Week Year, which is a very popular book. Um, when I worked in ministry, again, pulling forward a skill, when I worked in ministry, I was the one who did our church calendar, who did all of our planning. And I had developed it in, as you both know, as pastors, there's seasons to ministry, right? You know, there's, there's the Christmas season, there's the Easter season, there's the summer season. So I had naturally developed our church calendar stuff around seasons. So 90 day processes were very familiar to me. And so when I trained with 12 week year, I'm like, this makes sense. I also have a huge background in spiritual formation and in spiritual disciplines and practices. And that was something I sought out in my last few years in ministry because I was burnt out and I was doing a lot of teaching about Jesus, but I had lost my personal relationship. And I think some of your listeners might relate to that as yeah. well. And so I was working on that. And so God brought kind of all of that together. And I had a coach that I had hired say to me one time, why are you doing someone else's stuff? Like, like it's time for you to take everything you have and put it into your own process. So that's what happened in 2016, uh, early 2017. I just started developing my own process and my own intellectual property and how I would coach someone. The phrase we now use with the new book we have coming out is do what matters, live from rest, not rush. Mm. So live from an internal place, not an external place which is where I lived from. How much can I get done? How productive can I be? You know, how many hours can I put in? I'm not proud of this story, but again, I bet one of your listeners will relate. There were times I spent the night at the church. Wow. The whole entire night. Cause we had a big Easter service or something coming up it. and it had to be perfect. Les, you ever been there, man? <laughs> John's yeah, raising is, his hand. Off. They, it. they say uh, down here, you're, you, you're on the farm. So you know what it means to say you're playing real close to the corn right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let me ask you this, man, because so many of our folks, I'm like, John, I, I can just imagine the, the man or the woman hearing these things and you're, it's like you're reading their mail because of these are the, these are the topics that they, they talk about and really need to push through. And we've been there as well. So, uh, you know, six, you're talking about six or seven years in this world that we're talking about in terms of the, uh, using relationships and social media and, and the tools that we, we have, it's like six years is like 20, 20 to 25 in the, in our previous life, you know, it is. so much can happen in even just three, two or three years in this world. So take us back to, uh, to some, to some mindset shifts that took place in your life. Cause I'm sure that they did as you, especially as you were transitioning out and you finally pulled the trigger. It's one, it's one thing to be able to do some, you know, have kind of the best of both worlds or the challenges of both worlds. But when you really made that shift and said, okay, it's time. So here, here's my question, if I could. Part one, did you find a lot of acceptance and encouragement and, and cheerleading among your colleagues or even family members who, who ha- ask you questions about 
calling and and role and you know commitment to the serving the Lord and in, in the in the local church capacity, and then how how you finally made that shift and and said you know that that stage of life now in this way is ended, and God's going to use me to minister yeah. in a different way. What was that like? Yeah. Well, I remember and. I imagine both of you have been there and I just want to say up front, you're going to feel very lonely Mm. when you make that shift. So it's hugely important because people didn't understand you're resigning from something you seem to love to do and you're really good at it. And we love you. And as most pastors know, your church becomes your community, right? They are your people. Um, Sadly, sometimes when you step away from that, and I'm just being blunt, honest, you lose all those relationships because yep. you were their yep. pastor yep. and now you're not. Yep. And, um, and that was the relationship that was really hard for me because I thought we had lots deeper friendships than we had. Yeah. And I don't mean that they were false. I'm not blaming the congregation that I stepped away from mm. for that. It's just the role that they saw me in, right? right. I right. was the person they called at 2 a.m. to come to the right. hospital. I was the person. And now I'm not there for them anymore. And so they're, they have coffee. Yeah. You know, there on, is a little Friday bit morning. of identity crisis, right? Sure. Like that I had to walk through. The one thing I love to do, and it's just part of my personality, it might not be for every listener, is I love community and connection, and I I value it highly. And I had to learn to value it even as I walked through crisis and trauma in my own life and in our own home as a pastor. I remember, and you know, I'll, I'll share this brief story, standing on uh, the platform leading worship, last song of uh, you know the worship set my husband standing at the back of the room with a cell phone in his hand. And I knew that our son had overdosed Mm. again Mm. and I'm leading worship. (laughs) Mm. And I know you have listeners who like, yeah, I've been in those crisis moments where who's pastoring me, right? Who's, who's coming to me. And I was the one who put on the tough face and was like, I never asked for time off. I never said, Hey, I've got a family crisis. You know, would my elders come around me and minister to me? And they didn't do it wrong. I just didn't ask. Right. And so that added to the burnout. So when I resigned, I did felt like I lose, lost a community Mm -hmm. and felt very alone and that sounds really discouraging to your people. So I don't want it to feel that way because the action <laughs> the you have to take is plug into a new community. There you go. And I found that in the mastermind that the three of us are in. There you go. And I remember having the conversation with Dan and it doesn't have to be a mastermind. It could be a free thing. It could be, there's, it could be your group. That's exactly what you guys are offering to pastors. So this is the perfect community for these people to be in if you're in this place. But I had to reach out and I remember saying to Dan, I got to replace my church. Like I need some people. And, and I did that actually in two or three places. Some of them, one of them was paid. Most of them were free that I just had to get online because I live in Nowhereville, Southern Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to get online and it wasn't even as prevalent as it is now, right? COVID has even changed the growth of the online space. And I had to find, I I was in a Wednesday night group through uh, Dan's free community or his uh, paid community. 
uh, we met every Wednesday night. There was about 20 of us that just got on together. And some of us are still friends to this day That's to right. encourage one another uh, totally on our own time because we needed each other. So I would encourage in that stage where you're getting ready to make the shift, prepare to find community somewhere. So and this, what you guys are offering is the perfect spot. Well, we appreciate that. And we feel the same way. So when you, when it came that time, was there, and you feel free to share whatever you want to share, but was there something that happened that was a catalyst to trigger that? Or did you have a kind of a plan and a timeline or worse, were there some uh, thresholds that you were sure wanting to get to? And you said, when that happens, I, yeah. I can do this and make that shift. Unfortunately for us, um, it, the timeline was really pushed by our son's addiction and by a crisis that was happening in our home. But that was, I didn't even realize it. I realize it more now than I did at the time. Right. Uh, my own coping behaviors were just to work more mm. because <laughs> this sounds probably not super kind, but you know, I'm doing God's work. So that's probably getting me more stars in my crown. Right. Um, right. But that was such a false behavior. Yeah. But many times I think for pastors, when, when your own family or your own situations are in crisis, or you're feeling like, man, I'm just not giving enough time to my own kids that I'm raising in my own home, but yet I'm giving everything to someone else's family. That was the catalyst for me that created a timeline where I started looking six months out and saying by this time, and again, because we're farmers, I knew I wanted to be resigned by the time spring planting came to be able to be in a tractor. Yes, I love to drive a tractor and help my husband because my husband was also in crisis yeah. um, because he was losing his son who farmed with us and yeah. we had had to ask him to leave the farm and all of those things that come with that. And so I knew if I needed to love my husband well, that I needed to set the congregation and the church pastoral role aside. Didn't know if God would call me back or not. Um, and he has called me back and I want your listeners to hear this. I do as much ministry now yes, no doubt, as yeah, no I doubt. ever did inside the church. And yes. I am in an active thriving church and I love what I do in my church, but I love what I do in the entrepreneurial space and yes. how I get to talk and minister and be with people in crisis and be with people to grow their businesses and to help them. We train and, and grow uh, other coaches now and uh, facilitators and have, that's what we've developed as a process for them to have done for you content and certification to uh, build their own businesses. So I've gone from, you know, Perfect. that doing my own to now helping others do theirs. Yeah. Great segue. So, and here's what we, in a minute, I want to, we're going to talk about the book. Uh, I'd like for you to talk about your um, your platform now and how people can engage with you if they feel led to do that. Because I, I can't, I can't think of a better person to come alongside of someone that's going through that transition than you, Teresa. I've seen you Thank with you. people. I've, I've heard your story. I've seen you interact with the people in our tribe. And I would just, uh, if for anyone that resonates with your story, I would encourage them to, to reach out. So here, here's my question about the, we've talked about a little bit of the, the cloudy and the, the dark times. So now there was a day that the clouds started to part <laughs> and the sun began to shine. Yes. And then you, you, you had a sense in your spirit, man, that I'm on the right track. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm where I need to be. What was that like? Well, I, I want to use kind of a little bit of scenario because I think your listeners will relate to this. You have to go to that place of, I'm going to start this, right? There's phases in growing an entrepreneurial business and stepping out. So startup, for me, that was taking the risk of, I'm going to go be a VA. I'm just going to go do something. And I could have actually done both at the same time. I could have done a little bit of overlap there. I chose not to. So that's that startup phase. Then there's a phase in your your growth of an entrepreneurial business that's a validate stage. I'm validating that this works. I'm validating that other people will show up, that they'll purchase my little or big thing, that whatever I'm doing, that I can create some income and revenue off of this. So I'm validating it. And once you've validated it for a little while, that could be six months to a year, whatever that might be, then you're in this stage of scaling it. Like now I'm going to take it to the next level, right? I'm going to, I'm going to scale it. I'm going to multiply this out. I'm going to offer another thing. Uh, I think you guys are getting ready to do a retreat or something. You know, that's another part of your scaling. And then you move to multiply. And I had to go through every one of those stages, the multiply stage, the parting of the waters, as you were saying there, you know, the clouds opening up actually came again when I was forced in COVID Uh, when the world kind of shut down, I had lots of speaking engagements and workshops and different live events, because that's what I love to do, that I was going to host. We'd always already been hosting some weekend retreats, taking people through our four step, or at that point, we called it four steps, four components of our process. And in a really intense retreat weekend, all that was shut down. So I'm like, okay, God, now what? And I had always had it in the back of my head a little bit to maybe at some point, okay, I've got this content, it's working, it's scalable, uh, that I might put it out there for others to use. So in 2020, um, of April of 2020, we launched our facilitator certification program and said, okay, if this works for us and we have the content and we've created this process, this is repeatable. Others could use this also, people that don't want to go create their own thing or need that support. So that's what we developed in 2020. That was our multiply parting of the waters. Oh my goodness. Now we have uh, 35 or 36 facilitators in 18 months around the country and in the Bahamas. Wow. Uh, that's the one I want to go visit <laughs> that, uh, that are doing this same work and we're supporting them as a community and with content and with coaching and uh, teaching them how to show up, lead retreats, workshops, uh, coach one-to-one, all those types of things. So yeah, there is that, but you have to go through all those stages. You have to start, you have to validate it, then scale it a little bit. And then God's going to multiply it. I mean, I just think it's so, you know, God's going to multiply it into ministry that you get to do. It just looks a little bit different than what you're doing uh, right now. So good. That's awesome. So you've got a brand new book that uh, is on its way out or it's, it's already out or it's getting ready to come out. We're maybe by the time this releases. uh, I'll probably have books in hand this summer and it will be out this fall. So Um, so we're in those stages of, uh, book development. Uh, but I just shared with you guys right before we went live that, you know, the covers designed and, you know, we're in all those fun stages of, wow, this is really going to happen. It's so. happening. Yeah, that's great. So if someone wanted to connect with you, Teresa, what's the best way for them to find you and learn more about the work that you're doing in the world? Yeah. Thanks for asking. The best way to find us is actually go to our website, which is 
thereallifeprocess.com. And we spell real life with one L. So R-E-A-L-I-F-E, the real life, all one word, thereallifeprocess.com. And you can find out about all the different things, you know, what we have, the certification program, the uh, just how you connect with us. We have a podcast as well. Um, yeah, just all the different things that we do. Well, I'm getting ready to take you backstage. And and before we go there, I'm going to have you talk just a little bit about what we're going to talk about backstage so that people kind of know where we're going. But before we do, Teresa, I got to back way up in the conversation and tell you like for a minute there, I'm fighting back tears as I'm hearing you share the stories specifically about that feeling alone. Like when you make that decision to quote, leave ministry and step into what I called a new season of ministry, um, mm-hmm. Not everybody sees it that way. It's very likely that people that are close to you, people that you've loved and led and served for so long, they just see it as you're quitting. And yes. and then those losing that that sense of community and some of those relationships and coming to that realization that, I mean, was I just your pastor then? Is that all this was? Like, I, like we weren't actually as close as I felt like we were. Um, like that's a real thing. And, uh, and yet then you really tied it up with the bow about you are doing just as much, if not more ministry in the marketplace and the role that you're doing now. I just want pastors to hear that. And just thank you for that. Absolutely. That ministers to me, I'm going to share this with my wife. As soon as we're done uh, on this interview, I'm going to be like, you got to listen to this. Cause we've walked through that. That's been our entree pastor journey these last few years of wrestling through that whole weird thing and it's like in our heart of hearts we know we haven't quit ministry but i know there's people who don't understand the journey we're on who don't approve of it who aren't real happy they would love nothing more than to see us still in that role that we just came to realize god has us in a new role a new season and it's good and it's healthy and we're grateful yes. for it but yeah. it was it was a tough transition so i'm glad to i mean that just ministered to me hearing you say that well, so I'm thank you i'm glad it did and and i want to say and i don't mean this to sound harsh towards that congregation you've served or that community because it, this is going to sound a little bit harsh but when they're responding to you in that way that's about them mm-hmm. not about you for sure and that's their hurt coming through you didn't do anything to hurt them right that's their hurt coming through of the loss they're feeling. And unfortunately, you know, we're such heart people. Usually when we're in ministry, um, we love our people. We love what we're doing. And they're just not seeing the bigger picture that God is calling us to right now. And so, yeah, I I say that for you and for the listeners of uh, on the other side of it, (laughs) there is light, but there is a season there where that's why it's so important to get with community quickly. Yeah. Um, quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, outside of, and you're probably going to have to find that even outside your local community. Right. Cause just normal people just don't get it. They just don't under, they don't understand ministry life to begin with. And then you add to it, Hey, now I'm going to, you know, move into this entrepreneurial thing. And there's just not a lot of folks that, that clicks with and they go, Oh, I get it. I see that. That makes sense. And, uh, go for it. You know, that's not generally the message a pastor received, and you're right. It's a, it's exactly the community and support that we are providing and and developing here at Entree Pastors. And so. I w- I would say one more part of that because I think your listeners, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, we could talk a long time. I love this. Yeah. Um. Uh. Is it's going to be a difficult journey for you with your spouse as well, because for my husband and I, he served as an elder at the same church I was on staff at. Right. So usually your spouse is whether it's man or woman or woman and man, 
hugely involved in the same church you are. So when you make a decision to step out of that, you have to take in consideration. I mean, there was a period of time where I started attending another church. Mm. Uh, We tried to stay there because we weren't, there wasn't anything wrong. We were just stepping out of ministry and I couldn't, I found out really quickly. I could not, I stayed for three or four months, but people still came to me like I was the pastor and you know, all that stuff. So I started attending another church. Dale stayed to finish out his term as an elder, my husband. And yet it was a big loss for us as a family because that's what we lived and eat and sleep and breathe. Yeah. And so we even had to work within our marriage to go, now what do we talk about? Right. <laughs> now what do we do? <laughs> now because it was everything. Right. And not that that was wrong. That's what God had called us to in that season. So I just say that to caution fine community because there's a lot of shifts and changes but it's worth it. It is worth it to begin that and to go do ministry where God is calling you in a different way. Yeah, that is so good. So real quick, as we uh, wrap up this portion of the interview in the backstage portion, we're going to talk about some time management things that specifically flow out of your real life process. And, you know, I love that, that, uh, and that word picture you gave us early in the interview of someone running around with their hair on fire. That is where most pastors live day in yes. and day out. And you've got some things to share um, to, to help us not live that way. So maybe just give a summary of what we're going to be talking about, then we'll wrap it up and head backstage. Sure. Um, so in our third component, we, uh, in our process, uh, we talk about what we call real life time. And we have four ways of looking at our calendar and, and blocking in these four really important areas, these four blocks. And so we're going to talk about that backstage of what those look like, how you identify them and why each and every one of them is important. So you, you can begin to not feel like your hair is on fire and that everything does belong and it does fit hugely important when a pastor is trying to transition from one to the other and find that time, right? Yeah. Where would I even do this? So I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Fantastic. Well, I, I saw what well, you were even saying that some of our backstage listeners got up and headed out. They're already waiting backstage for you. So we're going to go <laughs> join them back there. And okay, uh, that's a great summary. So Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you and uh, we love the work thank that you. you're doing Have and fun. love hanging out with you in our, in our community that you're a part of our tribe. Thanks, Thank Teresa. you. It's been a blast. Well, all right. There you go. Good stuff from Teresa McCloy. For those of you that are backstage subscribers or part of our membership community, just hang on for a few quick minutes because we will be joining Teresa backstage. She's going to talk all about some time management principles that she helps her clients observe where they can live from rest and not rush. Just breathe that in for a moment, Pastor. So many of us in ministry live our life in that space of rush. And so she's going to, in the backstage uh, portion of the show, she's going to go into detail about a time-blocking strategy that she teaches that really helps us create that margin in our life and do what matters most. So it's really good stuff. So for those of you that are backstage subscribers, stick around. We'll be with you in just a moment. If you're wondering, hey, how do I get in that whole backstage? Like, how do I get the pass? It's very simple. Go to entrepastors.com slash community and scroll down the page there and you'll see three different levels of community that we offer. The first one is a backstage pass. It's $9.99 a month. Then we've got our membership community at $49 a month. 
if you join the membership community, you get the backstage pass thrown in for free. And then we've got our mastermind that is going up here March 1st. Next week, it's going up to $500 a month. So right now, it's $300. The window is closing. If you want to jump in at that level, it is a group, a small group that meets every single week for support, encouragement, inspiration. It's a wonderful thing. And if you want to jump in on that, also go to entrepastors.com forward slash community. And we'd love to interact with you at any one of those levels that would serve you best. So jump in and be a part of it, guys. Well, hey, thanks for listening to the show. Guys, if you would not mind, I would be so grateful if you find this content helpful, if you would leave a rating and review of our show at iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcast from that just helps get it out in front of more people. Say something nice about it. Leave it a five-star rating if you would. That would be incredible. We'd be grateful. So God bless everybody. Have a great week. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Keep walking on your Entree Pastor journey. We'll see you.